Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And the masters of the universe. I am Zib. Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Carl, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said. Welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I'm Zabe, your host, and today we're back with our next fun-sized episode of The Home Game. For those of you who might be new to the show, this is not the regular format of the podcast, but rather a sort of mini-episode to give you a chance to play at home with a friend or by yourself, as well as giving you your fix of Gen X trivia in between regular episodes of the show. The Home Game is here for those who want to enjoy the nostalgia of their generation, but may not have an hour to invest in a podcast, or for those who just want to get right to the games and nostalgia. Here's how we play. Just like in the regular edition of the podcast, we will have three games of trivia and games for you to play. Each episode, we invite a special guest and let them set the benchmark score for you to try and beat. Each round has a different game for you to try out. And at the end, you can compare your score with that of our special guest benchmark and earn your rank on the quiz. Our special guest this episode is a good friend of mine for over 30 years. If you can believe that, please welcome to the show, Carl. Hi, Carl. Hello, Zabe. Thanks for being on the show. Please say hello to the listeners. Tell them a little bit about yourself. My pleasure. My pleasure. Please include what generation you're from and how you feel about setting the benchmark score for the episode. My name is Carl. Mm-hmm. I live in Huntington Beach, father of four, uh, married for over 20 years. I've known Zabe for, gosh, even longer than that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, 30 years yeah. plus. Yeah. So that's how I define myself. I just I just tell people I know Zabe. <laughs> I just, I know Jason, I know Jason Zabo and people are like, oh, okay, cool. I think that closes more doors and opens them, but uh, I appreciate mm. the sentiment. How do you feel about setting the the benchmark score for this episode? Well, I feel pretty good, but I feel that you would have a guest like me on to make other people feel better about themselves (laughs) in participating in this game. I'm not much of a trash talker. I just like to have my game uh, speak for itself. If I do really well, I'm going to talk a lot of trash. If I don't, I wasn't really trying. So let's go. (laughs) Well, you got all the bases covered. We'll see how well you do. Thanks for being on the show, Carl. Before we start, I just want to let you guys know I am getting over a cold if my voice sounds weird this episode, please know that's uh, that's why. But we're going to soldier on and do the episode all the same. So listeners, let's see if you can outscore my buddy from Generation X, or if you need to go back and refresh your memory of the cool stuff of your youth. There are a total of 23 points available in this episode. Keep track of your score, and I'll let you know how well you did versus our special guest benchmark at the end of the episode. Enough talk. So that's enough talking about it. Let's do it. 
It's time to see All if right. you can save Generation X from fading into oblivion. Round one. Round one is our trivia round consisting of five questions in the television category. Each complete correct answer is worth two points. We have a loud arguments clause in, in the show that states, if you think you could convince the judges to award you credit for a partial correct answer, then you can make your case through aggressively appealing the judges. And you can award yourself one pity point if you think you could shout down the judges if you were here playing with us uh, here in the studio. We'll use the honor system, though, for those who are playing at home. Carl, if you want a pity point, however, you're welcome to have loud arguments with the judges. We'll see if they award you one point for a partial correct answer. Come strong with your arguments, though. The judges are very strict. They just found out today that they are remaking the TV show The Fall Guy and replacing Lee Majors with Ryan Gosling. They're a little bit cranky here today. Wait, are you are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> no way. Mr. Gosling oh, wow. has some big shoes to fill here, so we'll see if he can pull uh, it off. He's super, he's super dreamy. I'll watch. Yeah, he is he is dreamy. He's no Lee Majors. Can you imagine? Though. Come on. Lee Lee Majors was to women in back in the 80s that Ryan Gosling is now. I didn't see it back then because I was just a kid, but I can yeah, see but it if if it was comparable, I can totally see it. Yeah. Yeah, but his character never got the ladies. I don't know if I there's gonna if... be a movie out with Ryan Gosling in it who's uh, like a lovable. Yeah, loser, I was gonna you know? say like <laughs> I don't see I, I was gonna say. I doubt Ryan Gosling will have action figures, but maybe well, maybe on a lunch pail or two. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, question number one. December 7th, 1941 is a date that will remain in infamy for sure. But so will December 7th, 1987, because it was the first time MTV introduced a non-music programming to their channel. And in a way, it was the beginning of the end for MTV. Here's the question. What was the name of MTV's first original non-musical program? And first game show. Oh, wow. Um, I think it had something to do with dating. Other than that, there, there's that reality show with a bunch of kids in the house. What was that one called? Um, do I get pity points on remembering? That was not a game show, though. So never mind. You, you said game show. I just remember there was a dating one. I don't remember what it was called. Was it blind date or something like that? Am I wrong? Or was it? Yes, you are wrong. <laughs> that is incorrect, Carl. I'm sorry. The correct answer was remote control. remote control. Remember that show? Oh, yeah. I, I can't believe that was on MTV. I would not have even guessed that. I did watch it. Who is the host again? That, um, that, that comedian from back east? Let me, let me um, tell you a little bit about it and the fun fact. The show was yeah. a sarcastic take on the game show genre. Remote control skewered vintage pop culture with its mom's basement style, cigarette smoking commentators, and questions about everything from physics to the Brady Bunch or a combination thereof. Contestants slouched in brightly colored Barker loungers and were pelted with snacks in between questions and got <laughs> pulled backwards through a breakaway wall upon elimination, if you remember. Wow. Host Ken Ober, who sadly died in 2009 held court with an everyman sneer alongside announcer Colin Quinn. If you remember him? Colin Quinn. Yeah, yeah. That's it. While comedians yeah. like Adam Sandler and Dennis Leary popped in from time to time to ask for questions. That's right. That's it right. made both no sense and total sense, much like the show you're listening to right now. And it is for sure a source <laughs> of inspiration for this podcast. RIP Kinover. Girl said yes, but he said no. Yep, I feel you, Ken. That's like the story of my life right there. Anyways, going on to number two. When the TV show Good Times debuted in February of 1974, it was a television first, a sitcom about an African-American family in an inner city housing project. 
The show was committed to their mission of depicting positive role models for an underrepresented segment of the population. The family of James, Florida, Thelma, Michael, and JJ are central in every storyline. But how well do you remember some of the other characters? Which of the following was not oh a nickname of a character on the TV show Good Times? This is a multiple choice, Carl. You got a good chance. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Is it A, Ned the Wino? B, <laughs> Sweet Daddy? C, Rerun? Or D, Buffalo Butt? <laughs> well, Buffalo Butt was in there for sure. What was B? One more time. Sweet Daddy. Ned the Sweet Wino? Daddy. Sweet Daddy? Rerun? Or Buffalo Butt? Well, Rerun was not from that show, though. I'm going to say Rerun's from another show. But did he make a, a, a guest appearance? Um, let's go with Rerun. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. You even got the uh, the little fun fact there. Thanks for spoiling it for me. The correct uh. answer is Rerun, which was the name of a character from the TV show, What's Happened? As you said, Carl. Well, well remembered. I can't help being fat. It runs in my family. Nobody runs in your family. <laughs> Ned the Wino was the local drunk who frequents the neighborhood and the apartment building where the Evans family reside. Buffalo Butt was the name of Bookman, the building superintendent. I do remember that one. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> and a pimp on the show went by the nickname Sweet Daddy. Correct That's me funny. if I'm wrong, Carl, but I think that was your nickname as well in college, right? Well, yeah, my wife still to this day calls me Sweet Daddy, but um, only if I pair. Question three. Okay, Carl, you're on the board of two points. Let's go to question three. In the show Cheers, there was a rival bar that frequently competed in games of sports or pride against the Cheers, either for trophy, bragging rights, or acts of humiliation. What was the name of the bar that always played practical jokes on the gang at Cheers? Oh my goodness. This is also a multiple choice. Was it A, Gary's Old Town Tavern? B, Larry's Old Town Tavern? C, Barry's Old Town Tavern? D, Terry's Old Town Tavern? Or E, Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria. <laughs> That's funny. That's what I was going for. So, <laughs> I don't know this one. So this would be a pure guess. And the pizzeria one actually sounds familiar, but I'm going to guess one of the, you know, th this one I don't know. So let's just go with A. Lucky guess pays off, man. All right. Well done. All right. Gary's Old Town Tavern is rattling around somewhere in that big brain of yours. <laughs> there it is. That's why it came out. Yeah. Well, big head, small brain, but it's, you know, <laughs> there's there's room in there for something. Look at the size of that thing. Yeah. Yeah, you can Google Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria if you really want to. And that's that'll, that'll show you why that sounds familiar. Here's the fun that's fact. Funny. In the show, Gary was tricked into burning down his own bar as the ultimate payback prank from the team at Cheers. Just as there was a real bar named Cheers that fans could visit, there's also a real Gary's Old Town Tavern that you could visit in Maine. A quick Yelp oh. review about Gary's reads, quote, this is not the rival bar from Cheers. For one, the food was great. And two, it wasn't burnt down to the ground. <laughs> Good stuff. Here's, here's question four. Everyone knows that He-Man claims to be the most powerful man in the universe, but even he needed help from his friends from time to time. What is the name of He-Man's legless sorcerer friend who has a large O written on his robes? Oh my gosh. I should know this. Yes, you should. That's why it's in and, the game. And, and, and when you tell me, I'm going to mentally beat myself up over. You just answer the question. This is, um, this is embarrassing. Why don't you just answer the question? I, it's a little red dude with the O. His name is, ah, I don't know. 
I don't know. Oh, Oink? I don't know. I don't know. See, I cannot believe I, I, I literally watched every He-Man episode. This was my jam. I had action figures. Why can't? What is? Bro, okay, we have a rule me. on this game that you cannot you say, me. I don't know. Right? It's just like in, you can't do that on television. If you say, I don't sure, know, sure. you get slimed. So you oh, lose a point. That's right. That's right. That's right. I lose a point for yeah. saying, I don't know. Okay. And I don't think you can afford that. So you got to either oh, make something up or just give the, the word Wesley. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> Okay, so I am embarrassed to say I watched every single episode of He-Man growing up, on, and I cannot remember the name. So I'm going to guess Kevin Olenek. I just said I don't know, and I wasn't supposed to say I don't know. I don't know. Surprisingly, Kelly Olenek is no. not correct. I think he's on the Houston Rockets right now, but he's might be in flux. I don't know. Uh, that yeah. is incorrect. Yeah. I'm sorry. Orco is the correct Orco. name. Orco. Mentally beat yourself, Carl. Oh, my goodness. Orko was originally supposed to appear in the 1987 live action Masters of the Universe theatrical film, but his design was too complex for the studio to produce in live action with his limited budget. Instead, hmm. the horribly annoying character of Gwildor was created for the film to replace Orko and provide the comic relief, despite the fact that he was not funny, and the only relief we got was when he was off screen. Gwildor. 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 Did you ever see that movie? Quit. Yeah, I did. It was um it was not it was not as good as the cartoon, but um I'm thinking and they got they got the Jawas to work in Star Wars. I think they could have made it work. You gotta stay true to the story, man. For you sure. gotta stay true to it. Yeah, that, that movie blows. Sorry. As long as I can get my fill of Battle Cat, then it, that's all I need. And I'm not sure there was much Battle Cat in that movie either, man. He's not writing no a cat, cat in the movie. Either. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The movie's horrible then. Yeah. That movie's all cringe. Well, no, no Battle they, Cat. They did, they did have Chitara, right? In the movie. Chitara? That's Thundercats, Wait, bro. That's Thundercats. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I was However, say to Chitara, your point, the movie would have been way better if Chitara was in it. Uh, I mean, if there's I'm, no I'm, Orko, I'm why not put Chitara in it? I'm crossing streams of my cartoon <laughs> memory here. It's, it's all going streams, crazy in my head. It's all going crazy. Yeah. Well, let's see anyway. how you do in the last question in the round. Number five. I'm ready. Love it or hate it. There is no denying that the car in the Dukes of Hazard was an iconic vehicle for Generation X. The General Lee was as big of a star of that show as any human was, but in as few as one crick jump, they had to replace the car with another replica due to the cars getting wrecked in the stunts. What is the estimated number of total General Lee cars that were used during the TV series? This what is a multiple question. Oh, okay. Is it A, 405? B, 325? C, about 100? Or D, 69? 69, dudes! You know, about 100 sounds about right to me. Let's go with C, about 100. I'm sorry, Carl. That was incorrect. But um, it makes me so happy that you said that one. I'm not rooting against you, but I just wanted to hear you say it. No, it's all good. Although the estimated number of General Lees used varies from different sources, according to former cast member Ben Jones, better known as Cooter in the show, 325 General Lees were used to film the series. So that's the correct answer. It's B, 325. Approximately 17 original versions of the General Lee still exist, although in various forms of repair. On average, more than one General Lee was used up per show. 
The judges oh went gosh. with yeah, they they wrecked one car at least one episode. The That's judges epic. went with 325 as the official answer for this question because if you can't trust the word of Cooter, who can you trust? Well, it would have been more correct to say about 325 since it was not a definite number, but I'll accept it. Loud um, arguments, judges? <laughs> You're still wrong. <laughs> I am wrong. Hey, did you ever try to jump in your car after watching that movie um, through the window? I mean, if you didn't try and climb in to your car through the window, your Gen X credentials should be thrown away because yeah, you're, you're not yeah. a real Gen X kid if it's, you watched um, that show and didn't try and replicate what you did. That's why there's warnings on every show. You have to do stuff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> turns out it's a little bit harder when you're like three foot six, but um, yeah, I tried. I tried to jump in feet first several times. I think I hit my jaw a couple of times on the window, but hey, the old Volkswagen Scirocco, we, we made it happen. <laughs> yeah, it's better, better to at least try and replicate jumping through the window rather than welding all the doors shut. Carl, you got four points after round one. Let's move on to round two. Round two. Round two today is a game called Satanic Panic. Could it be Satan? Gen X is no stranger to pearl-clutching parents who lost their collective minds when they learned what backmasking was. After that, it seemed like the devil was hiding everywhere in pop culture, and the Satanic Panic was born. For this game, I will play parts of five popular Gen X songs, and you need to give me the artist and title. However, to honor those overprotective parents, we're going to play the song backwards. And unlike your parents, we're not going to hear any messages from Satan. Satan! <laughs> Score yourself one point for artists and one point for title. Two points available for each song, since this is kind of difficult. We'll also start with something super easy and then move up to something more difficult. That's, well, it's, it's tricky. Here we go. Song number one is from 1988. Artist and title of this song played backwards. What is that, Carl? That would be uh, Metallica. Uh, I think the song's one, right? Let's listen to a clip of the original and see if you're right. That's funny. Well done, Carl. That is correct. Metallica one is the first song. Song number two yeah. is from 1985. Let's see if you can get the artist and title of this song. Okay, I got it. What is it, Carl? <laughs> it sounds like Oingo Boingo Dead Man's Party. That's Let's find out if he's me. right, everybody. Yeah. Well done. That's another two points. You're up to eight points nice. now. Nice. Let's go to the turn of song number three. These are going to get a little bit more difficult as we go on. Song number three is from 1990. <laughs> Do 
you need it one more time? Well, I don't know if that's going to help. I can tell it's Depeche Mode. I can't, I can't tell what song it is, though. I, I've heard if you played Depeche Mode twice, it truly is satanic. I don't want to. Are you saying you don't any, know? I'm not supposed to say I don't know, but yeah, I don't think I know this one. It sounds it sounds like Depeche Mode, though. Okay. Do I get half of, half points? Well, you get one point for artist, one point for title, but you can't say I don't know, or else you lose a point. So you well, got to give Depeche an answer. Mode. Okay, it's Depeche, Depeche Mode. What's the name of the song? How about let's go with Just Can't Get Enough. No, it's not it. But okay, sure. Let's find out if he's right. Mode was correct, Carl, but the song title is World in My Eyes. So you only get one point for that one. You're at nine points, still doing well. Let's move on to song number four is from 1983. Arson title of this song. What do you got? Uh, ZZ Top, Sharp Dressed Man. Yes. It kind of sounds the same forward and backwards a little. It kind of does. It kind of does. Yeah. I mean, the drums do. Is there a less dynamic to, drummer? Than I was trying ZZ to figure out if it, I know, right? I was trying to figure out if it was legs. <laughs> So that's correct. Voice. Now you're up to 11 points. Sweet. And finally, our last song is from 1986. This is the hardest one of the bunch, but Uh-oh. I think you can get it. Listen closely here. It's tricky. Oh, maybe it was Run DMC Tricky. Maybe. I got Let's it see. right there at the end. Let's see if he's right. This speech is my recital. I, I think, think it's very vital. Yeah. To rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. It's tricky. 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 Well done. Nice. You're up to 13 points at the end of round two. I don't think you caught on to the fact that I said, listen closely. It's tricky before ah. I said that song. <laughs> I did not. It's funny. I was so focused. I didn't even catch it, but good one. Right. Yeah. Okay. I did that so that if you got it wrong, I could mock you later, but you got it. So <laughs> my plan, much like the rest of my life. You know, what's funny is I got it right at the end. I got it right at the end with a part right right there. Yeah. Wait, what part? Could you do that again? Thank you. That beat. Very familiar. Let's move on to round number three. Round three. Round three today is a game called Taglines Blowing Through My Mind. Tag. In this game, I will give you the tagline or slogan of a popular Gen X movie, and you need to tell me which movie the tagline is from. A good tagline should give a quick glimpse of the plot of the movie, and that should give you the clues you need to figure out each movie here. There are three movies to name in this game. One from the 70s, one from the 80s, and one from the 90s. I'll give you a few clues to help you out. Each correct answer is worth one point. Good luck. Movie one is from uh, the 70s, 
IMDb calls this a drama sci-fi. It stars Richard Dreyfus, Terry Garr, and Francois Truffaut. <laughs> the tagline is, we are not alone. Sci-fi drama, Richard Dreyfus, Terry Garr, and Francois Truffaut. <laughs> if that helps. Yeah. Um, I have a cold world to um, do my Richard Dreyfus impression. Oh, God. Can, you, can you please try anyway? Because it would be hilarious. Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> That's as close as I got. It's pretty good. That was pretty funny. I'm going to guess the title of this movie is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Maybe. That is correct. Super confident. Not super confident. Okay, good, good. Well done. Great job. Pulled that out. Pulled it out. Pulled it out. Not what I mean. Not what I mean. Not not, not what I mean. Say no more. (laughs) I don't know if I've seen that movie. (laughs) I don't know if I've seen it to be honest with you, but maybe I should check that one out. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, So good job. Here's the fun fact for this one. The title was never specifically explained in the movie, but is actually derived from a real life alien close encounter classification system. A close encounter of the first kind is sighting a UFO. The second kind is physical evidence to prove the existence of an alien. And the third kind is actual contact with alien life forms. One assumes that the close encounter of the fourth kind is the result of an alien baby bursting out of your chest. Because that was in from a movie called Aliens, Carl. That's why that's funny. That's right. That's right. All the best jokes need to be explained. I live by I that think, creed. I, I think also there was a there was an ending scene in Spaceballs, which also. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello. Check, please. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what's crazy about UFOs is that um, we have physical proof of, of little Tic Tacs flowing through the sky now because of audio and video and everything. And nobody cares. Isn't that <laughs> phenomenal? Like. Nobody cares that there's proof that there are UFOs. Nobody is like, yeah, whatever. I got. Well, we were all conditioned growing problems. up, right? I, I mean, UFO shows and stuff uh, was super common. And you know, we watched shows like That's Incredible or something, and they would have some sort of That's right. montage clip or whatever of all these different alien sightings that there are. And it was easy to believe as kids, right? And, and now we're adults and the uh, Air Force is saying, Yep, there's stuff flying around. We have no idea what it is, but it's not a priority, you know? We have like, been conditioned this whole time. Yep. Maybe maybe that that was the, it's by design. It's all the I mean, lizard people, bro. Lizard it's people all the lizard coming. people. If you're a true conspiracy theorist, you would think that the, that the show V was just, you know, a documentary of what's about to happen. <laughs> Let's move on before the Illuminati uh, cancel the podcast. I know. Well, it's the, it's playing the records backwards. It got me started. I'll just talk. <laughs> Movie two. By the way, by the way, and I'm sorry, Jay, I'm sorry, Zabe, to, to interrupt you, but I was literally terrified of playing records backwards back in the same day. when before you when you weren't supposed to do it when someone would take you know a record player and start doing it backwards i would literally leave the room terrified of it i thought like that stuff was real super gullible kid just a little insight into me i was raised in a very religious family and there was all kinds of kind of religious voodoo going on in my house and the oh, thought yeah. of playing a record backwards you might as well be summoning like satan himself while you're playing <laughs> your uh, uh fleetwood mac record backwards satan! that's right <laughs> satan absolutely thanks for being up such a such a such a sad memory there's a that's what we do okay speaking of sad memories Let's go back to the 90s for the next (laughs) movie. Uh, It's labeled by IMDb as a comedy horror and stars Charlie Campbell, Don Campbell, and Bruce Campbell. The tagline is trapped in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas. What on earth could this be? Um, Low on gas. 
stars three brothers why can't i think of this one i don't know uh bill and bill and ted's i i, I don't know on this mm. one this is this yeah i'm gonna have bill and ted and not mention keanu reeves as it i know <laughs> so right, <it's> right. <laughs> just don campbell's gonna bump keanu reeves on the billing what what is this movie you have to tell me now i don't think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna let yeah oh. <laughs> i'm just kidding come on the movie is army of darkness Groovy. oh of course of course of course Director Sam Raimi loves to include family in his films, and Army of Darkness is no exception. Star Bruce Campbell's brother and nephew are in the film, as is Sam Raimi's brother, Ted. Really wishing I was born into one of these two families right about now. It'd be <laughs> nice to be in that movie. That, that's a, it's a cult classic. So movie number three, this is the last question in the, in the game. Finally, our last movie is from the 1980s. IMDb calls this movie an action drama sci-fi film. It stars Edwards James Olmos, James Hong, and Harrison Ford. The tagline is, man has made his match. Now it's his problem. Man has made his match, and now it's his problem. Um, so I know the movie. I just can't recall it off the top of my head. It's the one that was redone by Ryan Gosling. What's um, I keep on thinking of the movie Starman, but of course that's not it. It is Blade Runner, right? Blade Runner is correct. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. I need the points, man. I need the points. Yeah. Blade Runner is based on a novel by Phil K. Dick written in 1968. And it was called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? The prolific sci-fi writer <laughs> used his pen name, Philip K. Dick, out of fear that if he went by Phil Dick, his sci-fi books would end up in the romance section. <laughs> Good stuff. So, yeah. Okay, do you remember your score? Let's go to the ranks and see how well you did. If you are playing against our special guests and scored less than 15 points, then this Gen Xer, Carl, beat you. And you might want to go back and brush up on the memories of your youth. Carl, do you have a message for those listening that you beat here today? You know, I, I don't want to make people feel bad, but if if I'm beating somebody in a, a, a trivia competition of any sort, you're just you, you should just stop. Okay. I shouldn't be beating people is my point. Well, the point has been made. Thank you. And uh, with score 15, uh, we'll see what your rank is. And I, and I think I'm going to agree with you here. Uh, <laughs> so let's go to the ranks. If you're playing solo, we are using the Masters of the Universe scoring system for grading the quiz here today. A score of 21 to 23 points is the grade of an A. And that earns you the rank of either He-Man or Prince Adam. Since these two personas look identical, yet nobody can seem to tell them apart in the cartoon, it seems like it'd be fine to offer them both here together. Congrats! Just like He-Man is doing his part to save Eternia, you are doing your part to save Generation X. Well done. Very nice. A score of 18 to 20 points is enough for a B, and that gives you the rank of Skeletor. While the main antagonist and a lot of fictional properties look way cooler than the hero, Nowhere is that more true than in Masters of the Universe. Skeletor is just about one of the coolest and admittedly most bizarre characters or toys for that matter in history. A hooded skull and a body of a muscular man. Even if you don't normally root for the bad guy, you can't help but love Skeletor. A solid B here for sure. Feels like the artist got lazy. I mean, <laughs> they, they just, they got to the point where they, they were going to build the character and just like, I don't know, just make him a skeleton. Anyway. Probably. It just, it, yeah, it, it it's cool because he's super buff purple blue guy, but but what's the deal? You're exactly right. Brings up a I lot don't of think questions. anyone has accused of the, the creators of the Master of the Universe toys of being super creative. Because they all have pretty much the same body and they have different heads. And their names, well, we'll, we'll get to the names in a minute. 
but they are <laughs> the least creative names you could possibly come up with. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Let's continue with the ranks. A score of 17 to 18 points is enough for a C. That earns you the rank of Orko, Carl. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Who? Who is that? Yeah. yeah, that character you can't remember. One of the most polarizing characters in the Masters of the Universe universe. He-Man's wizard sidekick Orko is pretty dorky, but that's part of his charm, I think. And he also exists in the cartoon primarily to tie the events of each episode into some sort of life lessons for the viewers. So he can't be all bad, right? Right. right. But th- there's certainly room for improvement here. So that makes him a C. Certainly piggybacked off the G.I. Joe and knowing is half the battle. Oh yeah. Stuff at the end of the cartoon, yeah. Yeah, well, they were kind of forced to in order to sell toys. They had to make it uh, uh, some sort of uh, have some sort of moral at the end of every episode to make it not just a giant commercial for toys. That's a, that's a true fact. Well, it's a good thing because I didn't have super active parents. So if it weren't for these shows, I wouldn't have been raised right. Same. Everything I know is taught to me by <laughs> Mike Brady or the end of a He-Man cartoon. Yeah. And here's your rank, Carl. A score of 14 to 16 points is enough for a D. Hey, it's still a passing grade, though, bro. Keep that sounds about right. right. That sounds about right. You know, honestly, that's that's perfect. Yeah. And that hands you the rank of either Spike or or Stink or Masters of the Universe creators were so lazy when it came to giving these characters names. Uh, a guy that's covered in spikes, Spike or <laughs> a skunk character that is basically a walking fart joke turned into a character, Stink or. <laughs> Pro tip: Don't design your toys that either stink or covered in spikes, kind of hard to play with those toys that you don't want to touch or smell. (laughs) That's a D for sure. And finally, if you score 13 or less, well, I'm afraid that's a failing grade. And what could beat Spikeor and Stinkor for a failing grade? Well, it could only be Gwildor, of course. Who are you? I am Gwildor of Thenor. I don't like inventions. (laughs) As mentioned earlier in the show, Gwildor, AKA Pick and Save Orko, was a failure of a character in a failure of a movie. When Stinkor is an upgrade, you know you failed. But we hope you'll tune in next time the judges hand out ranks so you cannot be labeled a Gwildor by your Gen X friends. How do you feel about being a Stinkor, Carl? Are you going hey, with Stinkor or Spikor? Which one are you going to be? You know, I'm probably a little bit of both, but right now, um, right now we'll probably go with Spikor since I did shower today. A tougher of the two, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We hope you've enjoyed playing along this episode of The Home Game, and we'll post your score and comments in the Facebook group page. If you're interested in supporting the show, we have a Patreon account set up for those who would like to take advantage of the special offers for becoming a contributor. Or if you just want to show some appreciation for what we're doing here, we also offer our Venmo account at Who Will Save Gen X. Detailed information is available in the show notes for both of these ways to send the show a little bit of love. If you have questions, comments, or would like to sign up to become a guest on either The Home Game or regular version of the game show, you can email me at whowillsaygenx at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and invite you to become a friend of the show. Well, that's it for this edition of The Home Game. Thank you so much for checking us out. And we hope you've had a good time listening. We'll be back with our regular version of the podcast when hopefully my voice will sound better, where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. Hi, Carl. Hello, Zabe. Sweet daddy. Phil Dick, hold that out. Hold it out. Hold it out. And start doing it backwards, I would literally leave the room. That, that, that movie blows. Francois Truffaut. <laughs> Better known as Cooter. He's super dreamy. I'll watch. I think that was your nickname as well in college, right? Oh, 
Yeah. Richard Rikers. About 100. He can save Orko. Basically a walking fart joke. I can't believe that was on TV. That's Thundercat, Wait. bro. Groovy. I, I've heard if you played Depeche Mode twice, it truly is satanic. Thanks for spoiling it for me. Buffalo Butt. Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria. Mm-hmm. And the satanic panic was born. Terrified of it. Let's move on before the Illuminati uh, cancel the podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.